Hey, listen up. Yeah, we here and we locked in. Let's keep it going all the way to the top ten. We fear the turtle, so it's no other option. Fred and Ryan, just watch them. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. What's up, Turf fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Shell and Tell podcast, a limited edition, and I mean that quite literally, uh, because all you're getting this week is me. <laughs> you know, life happens, things happen, time gets away from you, and all of a sudden it's game day. <laughs> so Ryan and Ahmed won't be joining me for tonight's show, but don't fret. I have their quick synopsis and predictions for this upcoming matchup with Buffalo, so make sure you stay tuned until the end to hear their takes as well. For those that have been shell and tellers since the beginning, shell and tellers, I got to come up with a better name for you fans. You know what? Help us out. Send us in your suggestions. I, I, I've i been fretting over this for a while now, trying to figure out what I'm going to call you guys. We got to come up with something. So help us out with a good name. You guys are usually pretty clever. Uh, but if you've been around for a while, I'm sure you've heard Ryan discuss Birdland BS. So Birdland BS is a podcast I started probably about five years ago now. He likes to call it the Baltimore Sports Center. I like to think of it as a bunch of jackasses with mics and beer, but you know, who cares? Whatever it is, what it is. Uh, either way, we cover all things Baltimore, Maryland sports on the pod. It's not crazy in depth. It's not blessed with insider info like we get with Ahmed here. Uh, but we like to say we're, we're talking to the common casual fan, right? Uh, so on this week's show, you're going to hear our Terp segment from Birdland BS. We recorded on Tuesday. Uh, I go into the depth chart that was released, some quick analysis of the positions and of course, we discussed the opener versus Buffalo. So hopefully you guys enjoy this. I know it's not the gang. I know it's not super in-depth, but it's something considering the circumstances. So appreciate uh, appreciate you guys tuning in as always. But before we start with this week's show, today's episode is sponsored by Quick Stretch and Body Works. Quick Stretch and Body Works helps athletes with the performance and recovery periods both during and in the off-seasons. The naturally formulated athletic performance and recovery lotion is an easy, effective way for athletes to prepare for skilled training and workouts in full swing. Founded by Todd Smith, a former college athlete and head athletic trainer at two collegiate programs himself. Even some of the athletes at the University of Maryland are taking advantage of this product, including star linebacker Ruben Hippolyte II. Make sure you head over to quickstretchbodyworks.com and check it out today. That's quickstretchbodyworks.com. Now, on to the show. All right, fellas, it's time for some Terps talk. It's Woo! time for some shell and sell. Uh, Ryan isn't here today. He's uh, he's working. Yeah, he had a few days off, so now it's back to the grind before yeah. we go down. Uh, Saturday, man, is the football excited. season's set to kick off this weekend. Saturday against the University of Buffalo, 12 p.m. down at Capital One Field. A lot of us and, yeah. and your kids will be in attendance, a lot of these kids. The first time they've ever gone to a football game. Why his first football game yeah, yeah. ever? He's excited. He's already he he's been asking me, "Can we go get a shirt? Can we go get a shirt?" We, so I gotta go find him a, a turf shirt. Well, so, you should be taking them to a very good game for their first football experience. This should be a a high scoring game for the Terps. Uh, like that's at least what I'm expecting. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Perfect. It's going to be the perfect experience for them. You're going to spoil them right out of the gate. Yeah, right? Right. <laughs> They're going to expect that every time they go to a football game. Don't, don't go to an Iowa game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Trust me. Oh man. But it's a Terps team, man. That's uh, it's got a lot of hype around them, both nationally and locally. Coming off a season where they finally got back to a bowl, uh, yeah. won big in New York at the Pinstripe Bowl that we were at. Uh, finished seven and six on the season, including that game. Somebody I know got a nice jersey out of that game. I did Just end saying. up got paid a pretty penny for it, but I got a real <laughs> hey. nice jersey. It'll be it'll be worth I'm for sure a lot more in this year in this year's market with what, what yeah. uh, the Mickey Mantle car going for twelve point six million. Not saying <laughs> Jarrett's jersey's going for that much, right. but it'll well, go up in value. To that point, that. which is kind of cool, Rakim hey, Jarrett. Uh, hey, if you get their uh, twelve million dollars, though, like. Yeah, you gotta throw a little our way. I got you. I got you. If I get twelve million dollars, you're all good. Just, just, uh, just set me up for my golf bag. That's all. I have. Oh, I got you. That hundred dollar golf bag's not working I, out I for you. Right? I mean, it's nice. I appreciate the gifts, but you know. All right. So here's the thing, though, with Rakim Jarrett, just because you brought it up, right? So yes, he's changing his number from number five to number one. He announced that two days ago. Uh, obviously, there's been some really good Terp wide receivers to wear that number. DJ Moore, more importantly, Stefan Diggs wore that number. Uh, you know, the lacrosse team, there's importance to the number one. They give out the number one to the captain, to the leader, to the best player on the team. And I don't know if the football team is starting to adopt that, but they absolutely seems should. Like it. it seems that way. Um, it was Marcus Fleming, but he was dismissed from the team because of, uh, let's just say, some domestic issues. So he had yeah. he had some things going on. Uh, but now, so the number one became available. Now it's for Kim Jarrett's. So that whole number five jersey that I got from the Pinstripe Bowl is the last game used jersey that Rakim Jarrett will ever wear as a number five. So that's kind of a cool yeah, there uh, you go. I mean, thing to it as well. Well, we dollars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, right, so again, the, the game is coming up this Saturday. Uh, Terps finally released their uh, their first depth chart of the year. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about this because you know, the depth chart with the Terps, they've always just kind of – it's never been of importance to them because they know who they've got, you know, and who they're going to trot out there and all that stuff. So you kind of take the the depth chart with a grain of salt. You don't really pay it a whole lot of mind. It changes so much through the first several games. And there's too. so many players um, and there, there's going to be so much rotation around. Uh, and you got the whole like, you know, who they're going to redshirt, who who's not going to redshirt. So the limitation on how much they're going to, you know, how many games they That's can play. That's the more the important exposure. part because with those guys, you got you got to finesse which, okay, which, exactly. which games are these guys going to play so we can we can keep them eligible. Exactly. So we'll start with the running back position, right? Because we all know Leah is going to be the starting quarterback. There's no questions there. We don't need to ask Ryan. He's going to be a Heisman yeah, winner. Ryan put a little bit of money <laughs> on know. it. He might be buying us all houses if that hits. We'll <laughs> see. Right? Uh, but... <laughs> So I want to start with the running back position because uh, obviously the the quote-unquote vet of the room right now, Shallon Famitau, not listed on the depth chart. Now, he did get banged up uh, in the spring spring game, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't know where he's at from an injury standpoint, but he's not listed on the depth chart. And right now you've got Roman Hemby, Middle River's finest, listed as RB number one. Uh, and you got a couple of young guys in, you know, uh, Kobe McDonald and Antoine Littleton, which, you know, Ryan and I've talked about this, this running back group has a real chance to be special. They're young, they're unproven, uh, but there's a lot of talent there. So that's, that's really exciting. Not to mention they've got an incoming freshman in Roman Brown, who is a man child. This kid is going to be real special, but I'm, I'm leery. If they decide to redshirt him, could that push him out the door and he ends up transferring somewhere else because he wants more playing time kind of thing? So I'm curious to see how much they use, you know, Roman, he- or, yeah, 
Roman Brown wow. this year because I think he's very crucial to this team's success for years to come. Well, and to your point, I mean, you, you have to have, they have to be able to solidify the run game if you want to do what we all expect they can potentially do and get Leah, that Heisman that Ryan's yeah. putting the money on because right. uh, you guys said it and, and Ryan would be creaming his pants if he were here because he'd be talking about these guys that way. Uh, this wide receiver room, it's some guys coming back and Absolutely it's pretty damn stacked. stacked. Absolutely stacked. I mean, they're they're all guys that we that we all know the names. You got Dante Demas coming back, looks fully healthy. He's going to be back at the X, and you got the new transfer and Jacob Copeland behind him. You got obviously Rakim Jarrett switching over to that number one jersey, like we just talked about at the H. Freshman Octavian Smith. This is a guy that Ahmed talked a lot about on our last episode of Shell and Tell that he's really, really stood out in practice. Uh, he was a highly recruited wide receiver out of Maryland, uh, so he's a local guy that you know I had I had a good good bit of hope for. I just figured that with the amount of talent that this wide receiver core has, uh, with the amount of depth that this wide receiver core has, I just didn't know how much he would play, but. If Ahmed was a betting man, he'd be putting money on Octavian Smith having a, a, a nice role in this offense. So keep him on your uh, lookout as well. Jayshon Jones, the guy that was an absolute phenom his freshman year, who just had some really, really tough times over the last couple of years with injuries. And they're not just little, small, nagging injuries. These are bad leg, knee injuries. Uh, he's back. He's healthy. He's going to be at the Z. Ty Felton, a blazer behind him who can play in that slot. So... This is by far, by far, and this isn't just being a homer, this is by far the most talent that they've had at wide receiver in my lifetime. Leah, Leah as a quarterback is in a, a put up or shut up type of year, which yeah. I, you know, the money, the money Ryan's putting on it is putting on that, that, that piece that he's going to be able to put this together. Cause if you can't perform offensively and put up strong offensive numbers, with this wide receiver room, and if you can figure out this run game with his, he's, he has decent mobility, right? If you can't figure it out, uh, you're gonna just drop your 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 draft stock is just gonna drop off the table very quickly. I mean, he did pretty this. damn good last year in his first he full did. season, right? Broke all the records that we've talked about. Uh, so the key to Leah's success is going to be the offensive line. And this offensive line that he's got protecting him is back. Yeah. Uh, they're fully healthy. You got Jalen Duncan, who was projected to be a first or second round NFL draft pick last year, ends up coming back for another year, protecting his blind side. That's huge. Mason Lumford, a staple at left guard. Jahari Branch, the starting center. Spencer Anderson, right guard. Delmar Glaze, who stepped in a lot last year uh, for Jalen Duncan, and they kind of rotated at left tackle, will be your starting right tackle. So, again, he's got a very good offensive line in front line. of him. Yeah. Well, and then to that point, yes, it is an experienced offensive line. It's a group that's played together for a few years now, so that that's great. But they've got a lot of really good talent, young talent behind them as well. So it's not just we don't have to worry about depth there either. Yeah, it's not just a a one. You know, if, if they get one injury, you don't want to see anybody get no, hurt. Not going wood. None yeah. of these guys get hurt. But there are some options below them that excite me as well for the future of this offensive line, uh, which is great. Well, and I know another thing that you guys have been excited about. One thing we you know sticking with the offense for one last second is yeah. the, the the tight ends. We we do see uh, C J. Dupree 
Dupree come back. He's listed as tight end one. And then Corey Dyches, which I know you guys were both very high on last year, the way he was playing. You were talking at the end of the year about wanting to see him make a bigger leap this year mm-hmm. um, and, and be able to put up put up the numbers that we saw last year out of somebody else that wound up uh, making his way to the NFL. Doing all right uh, up there in Tennessee. Do, doing all right. So uh, i I just interested to get your take on the two of those guys come back and maybe any depth that, that you guys have heard of behind them. Yeah, so this is, this is one of those positions where you look at the depth chart, you're not really paying attention to who's tight end one, who's tight end two. You know what these guys' roles are going to be. C.J. Dupree is going to be a primarily your blocking tight end. He has the ability, and I want to see him take the next step as a receiving tight end threat because he was okay. able to do it in, in high school. Uh, but he's big, he's strong, he's physical, so he's going to be your primary blocker. Corey Deitches is definitely your receiving threat. He's one of those guys kind of like an Isaiah likely where you can use him as a hybrid tight end wide receiver. You can line him out outside. Um, he can find space at times. He can find space. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to have a major impact on this offense and the success of this offense as well. Even, you know, with all the wide receiver targets that he's going to have. So I was talking to Ryan about the other day. I'm like, man, they just got so many targets out there. I hope it doesn't become a diva fest where you got guys like, oh, I need more targets. I need more balls. Yeah. If the common goal is winning football games and they're okay with, Hey, today's Rack's day, together, today's yeah. Dante's day, today's Jacob's day, today's Corey's day. If they're good with that, then this team, this team is going to put a, up serious points. You need this a year. team that's bought into each other for the for the future of each of each other. It, whether it's with the Terps or a future in the NFL, exactly. You buy in and know that the guy next to you is going to be in the trenches with you when it comes exactly. down to it. And they've got some other talent too at tight end uh, behind them: Leron Husbands and uh, Weston Wolf, both guys that Chigakonkwo was spoke pretty highly of in our interview that we did with him. So. They've got depth there, too, at tight end. So, again, offensively, this team is set. All right, so how about defensively? What are you looking at when you're looking at this defense? Because this is one of the things that I think last year, especially against some of the tougher Big Ten opponents, we saw some struggles at times with this defense. Uh, We we saw some guys at times, you know, like like a Nick Cross, who obviously not here anymore, but he looked – at times lost because he was having to cover some holes for other guys – what are you looking at here? What is your focus on this defense? Uh, so there's a couple of areas of focus. There's a couple of areas of concern because, again, they're going to be able to score points. The big question is, can they stop yeah. points? Can they stop points, right? Uh, there is a lot of talent on this defense, especially with the the two deep, especially with the, you know, the, the first string guys, really. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of guys, again, this is where you don't really pay too much attention to the depth chart because right now they've got – the 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 freshman phenom and Jayshon Barham listed as the starting Mike linebacker. Talking to Ahmed, this is a kid that out of St. Francis, another local kid, mm-hmm. right? He was the he was the one that spurned the South Carolina to come back oh, yeah, to Maryland. Yeah. Um, this is a kid that can play inside or outside. Um, obviously, they're going to have a big need outside uh, because you know chop. Left Maryland, yeah. transferred, and went to Penn State. So there's just some shoes that they that he needs to fill. Uh, but right now on the on the depth chart, they've got him listed as the Mike starting linebacker, Ruben Hippolyte. Obviously, we know what he is and and the hype around Ruben. And uh, 
just year in year out he he improves uh, and we need to see him take another like step see him take a big big leap this year exactly That'd be nice yeah he, he can fly up the boards because he's got all the physical traits he's got all the 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 football iq just needs to put it all together and have a really big year and i expect he needs, that to, use, he needs to use that football iq to fly to the ball like he can exactly and, and stop guys from getting sometimes he takes bad angles and and can't he lets him get too much space right uh so if he can get and cut him off quickly Look at those angles. Use that football IQ. Yeah, I think it could work out. From what I saw last year, one of the games that I went to, right? I, I agree with you guys that he's he's a guy. He's he's got it all. He just needs to put it together. Yeah, and right now he's pegged to be the will linebacker. Uh, the transfer that we got from West Virginia, the uh, Vondarius Cowan. This is a guy who has connections to Loxley in his Alabama days. Uh, he was with Alabama, didn't work out there, ended up transferring to West Virginia. West Virginia didn't utilize him to his strengths. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to be the Sam linebacker here. Uh, he's another guy that can get after the quarterback a little bit. So I'm hoping that with Loxley, with the tutelage here, with the opportunity and him being used to his strengths, he'll have a big season. Okay. Um, cornerback is, is cornerback and safety is where the big question marks come in with this defense. Uh, they got some guys coming back. Deontay Banks is going to be a big part of this secondary on top of having a guy like Tarheeb Still, who has been a very good corner Looked good last year, literally yeah. from day one as a freshman last year as a sophomore. So expect him to have another big year. Uh, they got Jacorian Bennett back. So there's going to be a rotation of those three guys. You'll probably see Bennett and Nick uh, uh, Bennett and Still at the nickel position, kind of in and out. And whoever's playing the nickel, the other one will play the boundary. Yeah. Dante Banks is pretty much set on being a boundary corner. Jacory Bennett was the one that was at he was at the Big Ten press day, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. He 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 the way he was talking and just the way he presented himself, I feel like he's you know, he's clear clearly in my eyes, he's one of the captains on that team. And to me, he's coming in and needing to fill the shoes in that secondary of the leader type role that Nick Cross was. Yeah. He's gonna need to step up and do that. And and have his eye, his head on a swivel. It's yeah. going to have to be. They've got some big shoes to fill. I mean, like talk about Nick Cross, uh, you know, losing Jordan Mosley. The safety position is going to be a, a big question mark. You've got Bo Braid uh, and you've got uh, Dante Trader, both guys that are going to be replacing those. So, th- listen, I think that this defense can be effective if there are no injuries, if this team stays healthy, I think this defense can hold its own in the Big Ten. The question comes into the depth, right? So if, if there are some injuries, which you can almost expect to happen, it happens every year to every team. Uh, once we start getting into some of those second, third, fourth string guys, that's where I get a little bit worried with this team, and that's where I feel like mm, defensively is going to be a challenge. But All right. I really like the starters on this unit. Okay. Let's talk about the biggest question mark of them all that showed up somehow in the pinstripe bowl, but didn't show up the rest of the year. Special teams. What are you looking at, man? I mean, I know we've got some some names coming back and some some guys that will pay attention or fill in in different roles. What are you looking at? What are you paying attention here? Is there anybody that jumps out to you as needing to be a guy that keeps this special team together and makes the difference? Not just jumping out to me, but jumping out to Loxley as well. Um, the kicking game, field goal kicking, is going to see a significant upgrade. Okay. Uh, you know, getting a guy like Chad Ryland transferring in, who was the top kicking transfer target 
on the market, essentially, right. uh, this past offseason is a big upgrade. I mean, this is a guy who was hitting 60, 65 yarders with ease. Uh, his accuracy is head over heels much better than Petrino's was. Petrino was a guy that young as a freshman looked good, looked promising, and then it just kind of, I don't know if it got into his head or what happened, but he, he was struggle bust there for yeah. the last couple of years he was here. So we, we struggled. Anything inside 30 you – know, Really beyond, I would say beyond 20 yards. Field goal kicking was always a question mark over the last couple of years. You can't have that. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of times last year where we could have used a field goal kicker because our offense would shut down once we got into the red zone. And Mm -hmm. we just didn't trust. You weren't able to put the points on the board either. We didn't trust having our kicker out there. So that's going to be a big upgrade for this unit. Um, Kick return, that's obviously going to be a question mark too because last year, they put a lot of big names in harm's way. You know, they had Dante Demas back there on yep. punt return, and that's end up how he got his knee screwed up, right? You got guys out there this year. You got Deontay Banks, which I'm a little nervous about because, again, he's a crucial part to that secondary. Uh, Roman Hemby, who's also a potential kick returner. You got Jay Sean Jones and Tariq still doing the punt returner. So there's no denying the athletic ability and the athletic talent that they have. I just feel like this team has some speed and has some depth that maybe they should be using some other guys for <laughs> kick return and punt return to just not put the risk on these guys. But you're all in. You got listen. You you gotta improve on last year's. To your your point, you, you got to put the best chance that you have Absolutely. out there. And some of these guys, yeah, it's putting them in you risk. You can't but live in fear. It's you risk can't. versus reward too with this yep. with this side of the team. So, all right, so let's let's move to this Saturday's game, yeah, uh, which is against Buffalo. So, you know, when you're looking at Buffalo, it's it's a team that a lot of people are sitting here going, all right, this should be it should be a pretty much slam dunk, right? Yeah. What do you look at when you're looking at Buffalo? Do they have any threats that you're paying attention to or that you're watching that could that could make a big impact in this game? Or, or do you think this is a, a slam dunk situation? So to your point, Terps are favored by just under 24 points. 23 and a half was the last time I looked at the spread. Uh, Buffalo finished, I think, four and eight last year. So as you said, this should be a walk in the park game for the Terps, right? Uh, but Buffalo improved a lot over last year. I mean, they've got a solid defense, especially up front. Uh, They can absolutely get after the quarterback. They've got a a star and a linebacker, James Patterson. He's a guy you definitely want to keep an eye on. Probably going to be one of the best linebackers I think the Terps will face this year. So, Yeah, even at a small school at Buffalo, this guy's the the real deal. Uh, They did add in some transfers from the secondary, uh, but they – so – they're going to have their hands full, though. I mean, like I said, the talent that this Terps team has at wide receiver and tight end, it's going to pose a challenge. The Terps will score quite a bit in this game. Uh, but offensively, they don't really have a whole lot that they can really hang their hat on. I mean, they've got a decent run game, so they can move the chains. They can keep drives going. Quarterback isn't very impressive to me. The, the skill positions, wide receiver and whatnot, they don't really have a whole lot of threat. Um, so okay. I, don't, I don't think... They're going to put up a ton of points in this game, but so it sounds it sounds like for the Terps, the biggest thing for this game is don't let up and don't play down. Yeah, you, you can't play down to this team, and if you don't get into let rhythm, off, don't let off the gas. Get into rhythm. So in this game, a couple of things: the obvious, stay healthy. <laughs> I want to see them stay healthy. Priority level one, first and foremost. <laughs> you got to limit the penalties. That was a, a problem last mm-hmm. year. It's been a problem over the last couple of years. You got to play clean football. 
Uh, you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot. Uh, so I want to see that they've made improvement on that, that they're disciplined versus what they were last year. Uh, I want to see what this young running back rotation looks like. You know, what what can the three-headed monster or even the four-headed monster, if Hemby gets in this game, what does that look like? That's that's one of the things that's always made Maryland successful at the running back position. It's never been about one guy. Yeah. They've always had it's a rotation. Back by committee. Yeah. yeah, they've always had a rotation of guys, right? Keep them fresh, keep new bodies out of and, the field. And one guy eventually towards the end of the year starts, starts to stand out. I mean, exactly. we, we've talked about guys, you know, like a McFarland that stood out and wind, wound up in the NFL. Right. So it, it, it works out. Yeah, that I mean, it's good, good take. Yeah. Good take for sure. And then I think... The, this wide receiver core is going to have some big play opportunities against this secondary. Um, so I want to see what that looks like too. You know, does Dante Dimas truly look like Dante of old? Does he look like he's fully back to what he was? I mean, what you see in practice and what you see on these like you know camp clips that they put out there uh, all looks good, and everything yeah. we've heard from Ahmed looks how is, good. How is he with game speed? This is going to be the key, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, I would like to see the kicker get a couple of few long opportunities just to see it in person. You hear about it. You yeah. see the the practice videos, but can he do it in a game with the pressure on him? Uh, I want to see the team give him that opportunity because there's going to be some games later in this year when you're playing against the thick of the Big Ten Conference, right, where you're going to need him put up or shut up to come in points. a 40 yeah. or 50-yard field goal to put points on the board in these closer games. So I want to see him to be able to do well, and, it. And the kicker there is you're going to need that line to protect him and give him the time to be able to kick to kick those because that's that's been a struggle of theirs in the past as well. It's not just that you know the, the kicker couldn't get there. Sometimes the kicker didn't have the time to kick it. Exactly. So you know you got to do what it takes to give him the time to kick the ball, especially if you're going to ask him to come in and kick it 40, 45, 50 yards. Yeah, he needs the time. They have to. They cannot let everybody bull rush them and just run them over at time like they did at times last year. Exactly. Exactly. And then I, obviously I want to see if this defense. Uh, our defense can make stops on third down. Uh, yeah. Can we get after the quarterback? Can we get pressure? Uh, the defensive line is basically returning everybody from last year. Uh, so we already kind of know what that looks like. The big question is around the edges. Can they can mm-hmm. they seal the edges? Uh, and then can, can they get after the quarterback? Uh, so that's defensively what I'm going to be watching. For this All right. Game. So I'm going to put your feet to the fire here, buddy. Mm-hmm. I want your prediction for this Saturday's game. Terps, Buffalo, I was going to save this for the next episode of Shell and Tell, but I'm sure Ryan will probably cut this and post it as an episode anyway. So um, <laughs> I am I'm going to go Terps. Uh, this is not Homer. I mean, uh, again, this is a game we talked about, talk this, about yeah. this is a game that they absolutely should win. Uh, I do think that the Talia will light up the scoreboard uh, defensively. Like I said, I think this team can hold their own against Buffalo. I think the Terps win 42 13. So they cover the spread. OK, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I, I probably would. I mean, from everything that I've been reading, and I, I I didn't get into this nearly as deeply as you and Ryan do, for sure. But I'm going to be paying attention to it now between now and Saturday, now that I know that I'm going. I right. just made that decision yesterday. Right. Um, but so for me, if I'm going to give a quick prediction, it's probably not going to be far off. I'll, I'll, I'll say that they'll be able to put up more points with all the weapons that they have. Okay. I'm going to say they're going to win this 49 to 10. 49 to 10. I like it. I'll be happy either way. I, I will. A win is a win. Exactly. That's what it is. All right. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed that segment of Shell and Tell via Birdland BS. Uh, if you're a Ravens fan, Orioles fan, and of course, Terps fan, be sure to look us up, man. You can find us on a live video pod every Tuesday night at 730. We go live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the chat room is always 
crazy active. So if you've got comments or anything you want to say, we try to interact with you guys as much as possible during the show. But if you're an audio pod buff and that's your jam, you can find us on any of those platforms as well. So be sure to look us up and subscribe to Birdland BS. We appreciate it. Now, I told you I also had Ryan's and Ahmed's prediction for this week, and I do. But before I go any further, I want to take a second to highlight Nilwire. Nilwire is a fan-first NFT marketplace created by a couple of brothers whom are also former athletes to help connect fans and athletes together. Their mission is to help athletes monetize their name, image, and likeness utilizing blockchain technology and bringing value to their fans. With Maryland defensive lineman Mo Kite and Ami Finau partnering with the Fast Rising Company, their vision is to help athletes beyond sports and provide them a network with fans on a whole nother level. Be on the lookout for the Baller Series 1 NFT collection, which will be launching on the Nilwire Marketplace this month. Make sure to sign up for the pre-sale on nilwire.io to get early access to the athletes' NFTs and support the players. That's nilwire.io. All right, so now on to those other guys' picks of the week. As I promised you, I've got Ryan's pick. I've got Ahmed's pick. Ryan, of course, went the whole Homer way like he always does. Oh, Terps are going to blow him out. Well, of course, this might be the week that he's absolutely right. Uh, But he did give me some details. He says, big first half from Demas coming back, standing O, first touchdown, then back to the bench. Starters come out by the fourth, 52 to 17 is his final. Blown coverage by the starters, gets a cheap seven, then earned 10 versus the backup. That's how they get to 17. So again, Ryan's got him winning in a landslide, 52 to 17. Ahmed said, I don't need to give you a synopsis. I don't need to give you some drawn out story as to how they're going to do it. Terps are going to win in a landslide, 49 to 10. So we're all in the Terps for this week. And I think rightfully so. You know, this is the, I guess they're going for what, their 11th straight non-conference win to start the season. Uh, These first three games are crucial. These are first three games are games that the Terps should win. Uh, So hopefully we start off on the right foot. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys bearing with me on this solo venture. Doing this thing solo is always a little strange. It's always a little weird. The banter's not there. The back and forth. Talking to a microphone in itself is tough, but doing it by yourself, real tough. (laughs) So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Hopefully you guys are amped up for today's game. I am. Can't wait to get out there. Lot 4B, like we always are, tailgating. I think we're doing breakfast this time. We'll have the kitties running around. It's going to be a lot of fun for us. Uh, So appreciate you tuning in as always. If you haven't already, make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms at shell and tell pod on Twitter. You can follow Ryan at Terps B expert. You can follow me at Fred BLBS and you can follow Ahmed at Kafir the turtle and at inside black and gold, which like I say every week, if you're not signed up for inside black and gold right now, I don't know what you're doing. It's the best value in the market for anything. Maryland Terps related. Get all the insider information that you need in one place. The new website is legit. The way it's laid out is fantastic. The forum's great. Uh, So if you haven't checked it out, be sure you do. Now, I'm going to give my shot at this whole outro thing that Ryan does each and every week, and he does it so flawlessly. (laughs) I've never done it, but here we go. This is an important year for the Terps. This is a, a big season for recruiting. This is a big season for advancement. This is an opportunity, a special, unique opportunity of the right combination of playmakers and quarterback play and starters. This is a crucial year for Mike Loxley and the crew, so let's start it 
week one, one week at a time. Here's to many touchdowns, many long drives, clean play, limited penalties, but most importantly, no injuries. So here's to wishing all is well under the show.